0: So, are you DTFF?
1: Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge.
0: Whoa, what's going on there? Wrong side of the screen, there. The world is all right now. Welcome back, everyone. It's Tuesday. We're recording live. Thank you for joining us. If you are joining us live, I'd like to get that pre-thanks out there. And for everyone out there listening to us after the fact, come join us live. It's a lot more fun here uh, where we'll be interactive. You can ask us questions. Uh, but thank you anyway for listening if you listen to us after the fact. I do appreciate it. If you don't already know, we are DTFF and we are back here um, doing our thing back with our recap series, part three of four, since there's four of the major uh, skill positions, we could say. Three and a
1: half of the major skill positions, but yeah. we managed to stretch it out into four points. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> before we get into that, though, yeah, we're talking tight ends, but before we get into it, um, Jake, my co-host, how goes it tonight?
1: <sighs> Man, I'm here. I'm here, I have beer, I have very minimal fear. So that all <laughs> translates into something good, I think. I, I have uh, minimal fear about having to talk about tight ends tonight, but I think I can get over it uh, in time for some good quality conversation. Uh, I'm also interested in the the bold predictions review, because mm-hmm. I'll yeah. be honest, I, I forgot uh, a lot of those, and it might be a defense mechanism that I forgot them. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, but I am excited because the game of all games is this weekend. You know, That's Super right. Super is here. So how excited are you on a level of one to, uh, uh, let's say Jeff Goldblum finding a cup of coffee. Um, Jeff Goldblum finding a cup of coffee. Can I say? Yeah, because I... he's already excited anyways. But then he gets a cup of coffee in him. You know. I I will say. I am
0: Jeff Goldblum finding out that the dinosaurs escaped. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the sliding scale is. So even a little
1: trepidatious. You don't. You don't know don't, the, the Goldblum scale, and that's no, fine. That's on me I for not don't. priming you for that. Uh, um,
0: God, yeah, I would
1: a, assume there's a lot. Less
0: how dare you embarrass me in front of our hundreds of uh, listeners? <laughs>
1: Ah, it's it's what I love. But no, I don't know. I'm excited. Do you do you have uh? How about this? Do you have one prediction for the Super Bowl? Not necessarily who's going to win or lose, but just like a thing that'll happen for the Super Bowl. Do you have any of those?
0: I'm gonna predict that there is gonna be three special guests at the halftime show
1: for Rihanna. Do you have an idea of at least who one of those are? No. Nope. Do you just think? Volume. Just
0: three. Yep, just three.
1: Because she's yeah, a solo
0: fair. artist. And and, and they that's always true. have the special guests pop in there. I feel like it's gonna be three yeah. this year.
1: I don't even know who Rihanna has uh duetted with on songs. I don't I don't know. I don't know enough of her catalog, and I feel ashamed to say that. Maybe Pitbull, maybe Pitbull will come out. I don't know. That seems like a thing that could happen. Yeah, and maybe it will be anywhere at any time.
0: Maybe he'll shout out our not sponsor Fireball too.
1: <laughs> one can only hope one can only hope well Dustin what are what are you drinking tonight by the way I am drinking a homebrew this evening
0: I'm drinking my my three-year-old barley wine Uh, it's 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 on the lighter side for a barley wine it's only like eight and a half percent where a lot of barley wines are like 12 14 percent so my mine's you know down in the ABV still a decent uh, alcohol percentage but it's, it's mellowed out nicely over these few years. I found a case of bombers that I kind of forgotten about. And yeah. I'm going to do my best the rest of this winter to uh, drink those up.
1: I love it. I think you accidentally or not accidentally actually left one in my fridge uh, pretty recently. That and... was not an accident. Good. Okay. Because I drank it all. Actually, that's right. not true yet. But I will be drinking it all now that I know that. Uh, I'm not drinking that now. And now I wish I had brought that up because that would have been much better. I'm drinking just a standard old pale ale from Delta Beer Lab, who I love, but you know, it's it's just a a medium pale ale, nothing mm-hmm. that exciting, nothing that enthralling, but it does the job.
0: And that's all that matters at the end of the day.
1: It really is. By golly, we don't have a uh, we don't have any beer bets to recap this week, do we? I don't think no. we had the opportunity. No, we, we 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 did not make any bets
0: on the Pro Bowl games. Can't believe uh, that. Although, although when we were golfing on uh, Sunday, they had it on the TV right outside our little booth there. So I was catching bits and pieces. Uh, seemed entertaining. I, I like that it's just random games now and not an actual emphasis on a football game. It's like because yeah. nobody was taking it seriously anyway. I might as well. It's at least entertaining this way. And and we know going in that they're out there just fucking around, having a good time. So it's like eh, I, I I am here for that piece of it, at least
1: yeah it, it was a little bit more like the Nickelodeon approach to football. and honestly, I was completely yeah no, with it. it was
0: great. i I enjoyed it way more than I've enjoyed any other Pro Bowl in recent years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know the last time that I've watched it, real bits of a Pro Bowl.
0: Oh and I couldn't tell you. it's it probably a- the early odds.
1: <laughs> I think that's appropriate. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that yeah <laughs> 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 well, do we want to look? I know we don't have an official um drunk trade for this week. We were talking about that at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. You know why listeners? Cause you haven't sent them. That's why. So if you wouldn't mind sending them going forward, we will discuss your drunk trade on air and maybe Lisa, even you. like it. Yeah. As a thank you for sending it in. We will talk about it. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking we could do a segment live on air potentially of me now that I am a few drinks in, a couple of years in I should say, uh trying to make a, a trade in my league. What do you think?
0: Yeah, let's do it. In in lieu of the official drunk trade, let's do Jake's um I don't even have a good good title for it. Jake's semi. <laughs> we'll come up trade. with it in
1: post. Don't worry. The people listening at home will never know. <laughs> never.
0: Right. So so, lay it on us here.
1: So the drunk, 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 uh, whatever. In the midst of drinking trade, I have this league. It's my favorite league. I know you're not really supposed to play favorites, but like for dynasty leagues, this is my tops. So don't worry, our home league is our home league is excluded. That's redraft. I'm talking dynasty here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the affectionately named Chicks versus Dicks league. Has some of my favorite people uh, of all time in this. There are six lads, six ladies uh, in this thing. And I got this trade. I'm in this situation right now, Dustin. I'll lay it on you. It's a 12-teamer, super flex, tight end premium, uh, all the fixins'. And I'm at a situation. I didn't win last year. I really wanted to go all in and just try. I made some mid-season trades. I acquired James Conner. I acquired Josh Jacobs. Uh, I picked up even Adam Thielen just as like an old look. I need somebody in here. I traded for Dalton Schultz as a tight end. Like I made moves that were not the youngest of moves. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a situation where I got an old as balls team. That's what I'm looking at. Josh Jacobs by far the youngest person on my team. He's like 24 turning 25. Everybody else of consequence is much older. Ben, so are you do you feel like you're still competing? And you uh, wanna and you wanna make the push, or are
0: you trying to like retool and get younger?
1: I am definitively in the middle, which is a terrible place to be. Worse the place only place you don't want to be. And here's why. It's a super flex league. Here's my quarterback situation. It's Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. That's my quarterback situation. So this year, am I competing? I don't know. When's Kyler gonna be back? <laughs> is is there going Probably to not be not the middle of the year? I mean, let's be honest. It's it's gonna be and will Sean Payton be able to make Russell Wilson a viable fantasy quarterback? I don't know. Can it There's get worse? Can it get worse? No. I don't think so. But can it get a lot better? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's my conundrum. All right. I'm looking to offload, at least while I'm figuring out what to do. I do want to get rid of some of these older players, because I feel like that's okay. Like, I can get rid... I have... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I have Brandon Cooks, I have Keenan Allen, I have Stefan Diggs, I have Adam Thielen, all right, I have these older guys here, Um, I do have like Rashad Bateman, you know, he's he's a fairly young guy, Mm a receiver, I'm looking to move maybe DeAndre Hopkins and or Adam Thielen, so here's the trade that I sent out, but you helped me workshop this because you've gotten trades from me before, you know how frustrating that can be, so I, it's true. I sent this trade to somebody who had I- expressed curiosity in these older gents. and I was like, all right, well, instead of DeAndre Hopkins, who they initially showed interest in, mm-hmm. I said, how about Adam Thielen? So this was my offer initially. I sent Adam Thielen in a 2024 third round pick because I don't have any 2023 picks. I burned them all to hell. <laughs> in exchange for a 2024 second round pick. So, Thielen in a third for a second. I thought that was pretty good, right? I mean, Thielen's like 33, but for one year? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, right? Uh, He wasn't having it, and that's okay. Came back, the most recent counter was Adam Thielen for the 409. Now, I am fighting the urge to do the auto-decline Or leave it hang out there for eternity and never do anything with it, just to send a message. (laughs) But in favor of actually getting something done, here's what I'm thinking, Dustin. Tell me how far off base I would be here. So the person who's wanting to trade, stacked with running backs. Absolutely stacked, but getting older. Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, uh, Kareem Hunt, Zeke Elliott, like a lot of aging running backs. But not much to work with for wide receiver. A couple of big ones, like Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's great. But then really trails off. Okay. So I said, all right. You want Thielen? You can have Thielen. You want DeAndre Hopkins? You can have him. I'm going to send you both of those two guys. And in exchange, what I want is to get a little bit younger at wide receiver. But he doesn't have that option and he doesn't have a lot of picks so i'm just going to push all the picks out deandre hopkins adam thielen for a 2024 second a 2025 first round pick and and maybe this was a bridge too far aaron jones I think that's too much
0: yeah i i don't think you'd get aaron jones i think you could get it you, you you should be able to get it done with just the picks in those two players. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of pushing out until 2025 at this point. I don't either, but rounder. I figured that
1: was a, a good I, I enough know. distance
0: for value. No, right? I, I know. I mean, because you should be able to get Hopkins for like a late first yet, I would think, or maybe a couple of seconds. Um, yes. cause he's still going to produce well, like I still think he's got a couple years and I think he could transition into the Larry Fitzgerald mold too, where yeah. he, he's a very good, good, um, have some very good, like wide receiver two years, um, as like a possession type receiver. So I, I think he's got like a few good years left in him. maybe not wide receiver one years, but I feel like he's got a few good, good solid seasons left at a minimum. So I feel like you should be able to get a first, especially this next year. I see him finishing as a top 12 wide receiver.
1: Now here's a caveat. They don't have a 2024
0: first. I know. I I get that. So, but
1: I could open this thing and say, you know what, Ethan, I'm not trading with you. I'm going to other suitors and I could be the guy who puts DeAndre Hopkins on the trade block and just says, what do we want? If my expectation is, A 2024 first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. I could see if anybody's willing to do that first. I would just, uh, yeah, I would put any
0: 24 first in your trade bait in the in the comments and just see what happens. Because someone, I think, will give you that. Okay. Especially, especially someone that's competing. I, I mean, I think that's a fair price to pay for two, three years worth of
1: production. And I may not get it until it's decided where Deandre Hopkins goes this offseason mm-hmm. until they know for sure what the team outlook is. That might be a thing where I have to wait and see. Right. But I do like the idea of it. I will not get away Adam Thielen for the 409 though. No. that is insulting. That is insensitive. I refuse. So I will decline uh, partly out of spite. Uh, here's one that I sent though. Just we'll do this a little bit and then we'll move on. I sent one out, uh, Matthew Betts, also in this league. He's looking to trade George Pickens. You tell me how close I am, or if I'm crazy to do this, or if I'm crazy like a fox. I sent Debo Samuel. This is my offer still standing out. Debo Samuel in return, I will get George Pickens in a mid second pick. What do you think? So Debo, Debo
0: for Pickens and a second. Yep. Is that I would do men- that. Too light. I don't think so. I mean, I just, I I mean, I love Debo. I just, it's it's hard to see where this offense is going to go next year. Um, Is Trey Lance going to be the guy? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? Is it going to be Jimmy G? Like, we don't know. Um, IU had a surprisingly quietly strong season this year. Debo does get dinged up where he misses, you know, a game or two. Uh, assuming health from Kittle, you know he was coming on towards the end of the season. You have CMC there, um, so that kind of cuts down on Debo's rushing upside, right? So I don't know. I I I really like Debo, and he's an electric playmaker. Um, but you're getting younger with Pickens, yep, and you're getting a second on top of it. Um, so I like that. I, I think that's fair.
1: I I would right. do that. Well, fingers crossed. If you're listening, Matthew, and I hope you are, please accept that, because that would be wonderful for both of us. That would be maybe the most fair drunk trade I've ever been a, a part of, if that goes through. So I'll keep I'll keep everyone posted. Yes. Review in a couple weeks here. I love it.
0: All right. We can move off of the drunk trade shenanigans. Okay. So let's get into the tight ends then. Um, same thing as the last couple weeks. I will start us off here by going through the top 12. Um, overall rank, uh, we won't do points per game. We can get into that minutiae later as we talk about the tight ends. But we'll just go overall rank one through twelve. We won't go further than that because there's, let's be honest, really no need to go outside the top three. So, right. but just because we'll we'll do the top twelve. So we've got Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, Ingram, Higby, Friarmuth, Komet. Kaysom Hill, Dalton Schultz, Njoku, and, and Dallas Goddard rounding out the top 12. So, Jake, I think it's safe to say Travis Kelsey, um, stud amongst boys Go. here, um, he outscored in total points over 100 points to the number two tight end. Like, that is just
1: fucking crazy. Crazy. That's big How much time. he scored. You got, on average, five-plus more points per game out of Travis Kelsey than the number two guy. Mm -hmm. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah, that is... uh, We've talked. We've (laughs) given our lashes about the Travis Kelsey and our mistakes that were made, obviously, last season. And we'll
0: discuss it a little bit more here um, when we talk about our bold predictions because that happened to be one of mine. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to say he is not going to be number one until he's just not anymore. Like, he's going to be one of those guys he will probably play for another five years. He'll be one of those Antonio Gates-type players that plays at a super high level until maybe, like, the last couple seasons, but will be a tight end one, like, basically his entire career. And I don't see that ever changing.
1: I think when the cliff hits, it's going to hit really hard, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be the person who tries to predict it at no. this point, now I'm just no. going to ride out the wave. I've learned my lessons from the Tom Brady situation. And all yep. that, like I'm just going to ride this thing out.
0: Yep, he's going to die on my squad, and I'm okay with it. I, I I will take all those points while he's giving them to me. Like, like there's, there's <laughs> yeah. there there's, just don't overthink it. Just for next redraft season, don't overthink it. Take him in the late first, early second, if if you so choose. He's a top and six
1: pick pick for me. I'm telling you, in redraft <laughs> next year, I'm going back to that. I'm going back to 2021 version of my assessment with him. Yeah, so and I, I don't do think like you're
0: that. you're not going to be in any sort of uh, trouble there. I don't think. Yep. barring injury, of course. But, um, I want to talk about some of these surprise names here, uh, with Hawkinson at number two. Um, Had a very strong season after the trade to Minnesota. I think that we're going to continue to see that. I think that's a good fit in the good system for him. They actually brought him in for a reason, and they showed that. So I I like the situation he's in moving forward. Uh, Kittle, you know, missed a couple games, still tight end three overall. Gotta love that. Um, Andrews, again, missed a couple games. Right there, number four. Do you think that... This is like your a solid like top four, or I should say Kelsey's like a tier by himself, and then there's this cluster of like the next three. And would you put like Pitts in there or maybe Goddard? Um, just give me your thoughts here with this kind of next like mini tier of, of tight ends.
1: That's a great way of looking at it because yes, Travis Kelsey definitely in his own tier, but this next group. I think it's fair if you want to lump the following guys all into one tier. And I can understand the argument if you do Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, Pitts. And still, if you want to put Darren Waller in there, I can get it right. He dealt with a lot of injuries this year. That's fair. I I kind of forgot about him. Yeah, and it it happens because he wasn't playing the the whole season. And he did show enough, though, over the previous three, three and a half seasons, I Mm -hmm. guess, to be like, all right, yeah, he can. Suffer through one down season and still come back and be in that. Yeah, because he's I, only going
0: to be 30 going into next season. So, yeah, not old as far as tight ends go.
1: Right. Exactly right. And meanwhile, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Kyle Pitt's like super young mm-hmm. and super disappointing. And we, we can talk about that quite a lot, but we were both having much higher hopes for him. Everybody basically was having mm-hmm. higher hopes for him than what panned out. And I still maintain. You look at what he did last year compared to this year. Hopefully, coaching scheme, quarterbacking, those two things improve, Kyle Pitts can and hopefully should be in this tier. But do you agree that he should be in there by default or is he lower than that for you? I'm I am um
0: uh, twice bitten, three times as shy. Is that how it goes <laughs> now? Uh with Kyle Pitts, I've I've had him in redraft the last two years and he has disappointed. I think When you're looking at dynasty, yeah, he's in that tier because just at his age, the dysfunction of that offense. Like until they get like a quarterback in there, an offensive line, maybe a a coach that doesn't want to run the ball 50 times per game. Um, You know, I just, you know, he's flashed, and and you know, he had a very solid rookie season. It just the reason why it wasn't all time is because he didn't score any touchdowns is the you know kind of julio jones effect there and in, in atlanta but i think for dynasty yeah you have to have them up there in that tier but for redraft unless it it, re, it really depends kind of with free agency in the draft and what happens here with the falcons if they go out and get a veteran quarterback this offseason or they draft one of the court, say they move up and they draft one of the top quarterbacks early in this draft Maybe that would change my outlook a little bit for redraft, but say it stays the same. They're with Ritter or Mariota. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to draft him that high in redraft where you're going to have to draft him around with these other players we're talking
1: about. I think that's completely fair, and it also does lead up to a value draft spot for Kyle Pitts potentially next year based on this. I don't know that I'm going to be bold enough to take advantage of that perceived value if he mm-hmm. does fall. Let's say he's in the the sixth round. Like, do I draft him there? I don't know. It would feel like, based on last year's ADP, man, that's a damn steal. But you're right. If they ride into it with Desmond Ritter this year, I don't know how comfortable I'd be doing that. Uh, and I don't know what quarterback they would have to bring in for me to look at that seriously. If they bring in, for some reason, say Derek Carr. Finds his way to the Atlanta Falcons.
0: I don't know. Did you did you see the news that he's visiting? He's got permission to visit the Saints.
1: Oh, I did not. Yeah, see Yeah, yeah,
0: that was breaking this afternoon. Yeah, oh. uh, uh, they the Raiders gave him permission to talk to the Saints. Well, that
1: could uh, so be first first
0: possible domino falling. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it it really it. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about this ad nauseum come come redraft season here uh, oh, yeah. at the end of the summer. But yeah, for now, I just can't see taking pits that early when there's so many question marks on that team.
1: I agree. Here's here's a lead in because I want to talk about this guy, because in terms of surprises, he's the biggest one on this list for me based on the first half of the season, which is Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram manages to sneak his way in here into the top seven. Of uh of tight ends for, for points per game. Mm-hmm. And like if you were a fan of the Jaguars offense as we were going into the season, if you liked the idea of Evan engram as a late round tight end, as as I did, well, you were super disappointed come about week six when like nothing was mm-hmm. happening, nothing good, it was terrible. You absolutely probably dropped the dude. I know I did, and then all of a sudden, three weeks later. He's the hottest thing going. And he's just dominating, which is really great to see for validation. (laughs) But why couldn't that have happened sooner? And do we believe that it can happen again next year? So my question is, Kyle Pitts versus Evan Ingram for 2023 at the moment. Is that a real debate? Is that a real question right now for you? I would still probably
0: take Pitts over him, even even with the, the draft capital involved. Uh, the reason for that is you have Calvin Ridley most likely coming back to the Jags and he is an alpha, you know, Christian Kirk hit great season, good signing by the Jags. Don't get me wrong. This is not a, to be smirch uh, Christian Kirk and, and his deeds. He did this season, but he's not an alpha wide receiver. He is a great number two. So you're going to have Calvin Ridley and then Christian Kirk with I'm assuming Zay Jones sticks around and he had a very solid season as well in this offense. Unless they ETN. really... Yeah, you got ETN. So unless they really increase their passing volume, I don't see where where Ingram can keep up the pace that he did this year. I think that that was just a function of lack of explosive weapons on the team and he just benefited from that.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because I think if we're going to talk about tight ends in earnest, Today, we need to talk about the idea of what matters for their production. Does it matter for tight ends more specifically than other positions that a team is loaded or not loaded? Like, does it matter for Darren Waller that Devontae Adams went there? That Hunter Renfro, if he had been healthy for the entirety of the season, that they had like an actual tandem? If they had had a real third option, I mean, Josh Jacobs is a pass catcher for a running back. Like, does that matter for a tight end or a guy like Darren Waller? Do we prefer that they have fewer weapons and a substantially worse offense because of it? Or do we prefer that they have more options and it's a better offense and hopefully they get more touchdowns? Like, I struggle with that on the day. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, that sounds like a great like midsummer episode. We bring on someone much smarter than us. That has crunched those right. numbers, yes. and we can really dig into that conversation because I think that's a very Beautiful. good conversation topic to have, and kind of what the stats or what the the trends show for that. Because I, I think that would be interesting; it'd be very enlightening to see does that make a difference or not.
1: I mean, obviously, it doesn't for travis Kelsey uh, weapons or oh, weapons. It don't fucking matter for Travis Kelsey. but like there's I'm sure there's a subset of these guys that we're talking about, right. Where it actually there's, does really matter.
0: This kind of tight end six to twenty range, where it's just <laughs> like,
1: well, I mean, they're
0: they're good football players. They're just not necessarily consistently involved in their offenses. But what are those things we should be looking for for those guys that would? possibly preclude them to have a breakout type season or a resurgence season like ingram had this year
1: yes we will bring on a tight end guru maybe andrew cooper he's a big tight end studier big studier of those ends uh his by the way his too long didn't read version of this is like you if it's not travis kelsey you want one wide receiver, and then they're the next guy. Like that's his his motif with it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to uh to see the data for that too. But maybe this leads into T.J. Hawkinson. At least it does for me, because I didn't believe that the Minnesota Vikings would have a really valuable fantasy tight end. We saw what happened with Kyle Rudolph all those years ago. He was always like, I guess if you're desperate. Irv Smith never panned out the way that people wanted Irv Smith to pan out when mm-hmm. he was the guy on the Vikings. And then T.J. Hawkinson gets traded. I I'm probably said it on this episode or on this podcast. Like I, I'm I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on T.J. Hawkinson. I don't trust him. Is this sample size enough for you to trust him next year? Yes. Yeah.
0: You're lying. Here's why. Here's why. Because. Both Detroit and Minnesota had a stud wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Very good running backs. Swift, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Very non flashy quarterback in Cousins and Goff. Offensive line, probably a little bit of a downgrade for Minnesota as opposed to Detroit, but it's not like Minnesota's offensive line is terrible by any means. Uh, So when you start looking at like, Offensive weapons versus offensive weapons, it, it's fairly comparable. I think you can make the argument that, that they're, they're fairly comparable. Uh, it comes down to scheme and coaching, really, at that point, and execution of plays. Well, obviously, as I said earlier, Minnesota had a plan for him. They wanted him, and they executed that, and they, they made him a focal point of that offense. Whereas in Detroit, for whatever reason, He was just never a focal point of that offense, even after being highly drafted as he was.
1: Yeah, I think to your point, and maybe what we're talking about of the hierarchy of targets and depth charts and all that, maybe it doesn't really matter. Maybe all that matters is what do they think about this tight end? Is the tight end good enough that they're like, we're going to make sure to work you into the game plan? Because if you're not, none of this matters. Mm -hmm. None of it's relevant. And I think... What my mental block was, was when he was with Detroit, it just felt like maybe he's not that great of a tight end. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not the prospect everybody thought that he was. Absolutely. showing it in Detroit, especially when there weren't that many options to throw Mm -hmm. to last year, and he just wasn't doing it. But it's all about the scheme. It's all about the coaching, like you said. So I do think that's interesting. And I do think that Travis – or Travis – T.J. Hawkinson might as well be Travis. He's almost as good. Uh, maybe maybe,
0: think... maybe T.J. is short for Travis. Maybe it's like Travis oh James. God.
1: I hope so. Travis James Hawkinson, the fourth, is going to be on my radar for sure next year. I just hope that it doesn't bite me in the ass. It could here's
0: be. the here's the thing with him, though. He's Even though he finished as tight end two overall, come redraft next year, people are not going to remember that he finished tight end two. They're going to remember that he had some very big games. Like he had a couple like 40 point games, one with Detroit and like one with Minnesota, uh, which I think really helped bump up his stats for the season. But no one's going to remember he finished that well. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, he had a good season. He was, you know, a mid-range tight end one, you know, because there's still that stigma of him in Detroit. Um, And like I said, I think I just think next year you're going to be able to get him. Uh, you're not going to have to pay up for him. Let's put it that way, where if you're if you're going to lump him in the tier with with Kittle and Pitts um, and Andrews and Waller, you know, those guys, you're not going to have to. He He's probably going to be at the bottom of that tier where you're going to be able to get him at the end of that end of that run of tight ends and not have to pay up
1: for him. Yeah, and I do think. Kittle and Andrews will probably be ahead of him in ADP, almost for sure. Time. For sure, and then it, might be, be ahead of it might be a competition. It might be a thing of of Waller versus him in that range. Like that mm-hmm. might be the situation we find in redraft. Mm-hmm. So for dynasty, then TJ Hawkinson's pretty young. He's yep. a young, young fella, and if we're looking at like third year breakouts, and if we want to consider that. He is, essentially. Well, I guess it would be his fourth year. Uh, yeah. But he's still super young. So mm-hmm. is TJ Hawkinson headlining your trade targets for tight ends if you're looking for one in Dynasty?
0: Yes. Actually, I was... um, Well, I know we were talking about it here Sunday when we were golfing, um, trying to make a trade in one of my leagues. And I was trying to get Hawkinson, because I, I do believe that this is the real deal. Like, he's going to be... A, You know he's never gonna. No one's ever gonna be the Kelsey level, as long as Kelsey's in the league. Um, Right. But but he is someone you can rely on week in and week out. Kind of a set it and forget it. He's going to give you a very solid floor, and then you you've seen the spike weeks from him where he can go off for like, 150 yards and two touchdowns. You'll have those weeks occasionally. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like about that? Not
1: much. Uh, I do think I would rather trade for him in Dynasty more than George Kittle, more -hmm. than Mark Andrews, because I agree their perception of those players is still like they're so much high, more highly regarded. Mm -hmm. I think than TJ Hawkinson, you have to give up a lot more to get them, especially Mark Andrews. And I, I feel maybe a little bit alone in this, but I've really soured on Mark Andrews as this like definitive top guy. Because I had the thought, again, we talked about it coming into the offseason, like Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, ah, whoever, whichever, right? They're basically the same guy. Obviously, they are not. uh, Say what you want about the quarterback situation. Lamar Jackson being there, not being there. But the year prior, Mark Andrews was better with a backup quarterback in there than he was for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, that didn't really bear out this year. I mean, he's still good. He was still great. Honestly,
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, he was still he was a little banged up this year and I think played through injury, which might have hampered it a little bit. And we know Lamar was out for a good chunk. And I know to try to just make your backup quarterback point there.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but again, there were no options on this team. There was nobody to throw to. Rashad Bateman goes down down after six weeks, I think, mm-hmm. and then it's a traveling circus of wide receivers. There they brought back Sammy Watkins late in the season for a push because that will solve everything. Lamar <laughs> Andrews was really the lone guy there, and so he had spike weeks. He did. He had a couple of hundred yard games, and that was mm-hmm. wonderful. Most of that came early in the season. Most of his production did. So I'm not buying him as like this elite tight end. I think. He deserves to be in that category,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I would rather take whoever the lowest of that category is in ADP or draft. Right.
0: Team. Right. So how would how does your opinion on him change? Say if Lamar Jackson leaves this offseason and they roll out some other quarterback. Does it change at all? Or do you like him more with Lamar there?
1: I don't think it matters that much to be anymore. Okay. Uh, I don't think the quarterback situation is Helping or hurting him necessarily at this point. As long as there's somebody competent throwing him the ball, I don't really care. Um, I think what matters to me is, does their offensive scheme shift at all? Do they stop being the run-heavy, tight-end, crazy team or they'll actually start spreading it out to wide receivers? If they show that, then I'll start having real concerns for Mark Andrews. But as of right now, like he is very good, and he should continue to be very good just because of the scheme mm-hmm. in Baltimore. All
0: right. Let's, let's move on here, Jake. Um, Cause I want to get into the bold predictions here and I don't want us to go too long, but let's talk about some, some of these tight ends on the lower end here. Is there anyone that maybe you're looking at next year to take that jump like Evan Ingram did, like David and Joku did this year. Um, any Anyone you're looking at that, that could make that, that leap to be a serviceable tight end. I'm not saying up into the top three, but say you're punting come redraft next year, and you will, you're you like, these are the later round guys that I'm going for that I feel like are, are going to be solid contributors to my team um, for the next
1: season. In general, I'm going to stop pretending that I know about late round tight ends, because I don't. I never do. Again, the closest I got was Evan Ingram, I thought. Uh, And then he, eventually that worked. But like, I don't know a consistent guy who I'm going to feel comfortable plugging in right away from this late round batch. The one guy who I'm very curious about is Cole Komet, though. Cole Komet did have that Evan Ingram type of thing of early in the year, atrocious, absolutely unusable, droppable after week three. Well, then it comes later on, you know, come week, I think it was week eight through, He looked like a borderline stud, you know, in terms of tight ends, at least like Mm -hmm. he looked like he belonged right in the tier under those other guys that we just talked about. A lot of that was because of touchdowns. He just got a bunch more. But if that offense takes an actual step where they're like, we're going to get real talent here. We can make this offense move. We can give more opportunities to everybody because of that. I'm interested in Cole Komet. If they get one stud wide receiver to bring in. Eight. That fits mm-hmm. the theory. Take the one stud receiver; he can be the number two option potentially on the team, and he could be great. Do you have any yeah. interest in him? Oh, um,
0: I guess a little bit. I mean, he did finish number eight overall, but fifteenth in points per game. So he obviously had some very big kind of boom weeks there. And like you said, he was complete trash to start the year. So um, if if he kind of continues like we did, and I think you know, just agreeing with everything you just said, yeah, I could I could have some interest in him. Uh, one guy that I have some interest in next year who showed off some, again, he's very hit and miss kind of like Cole Komet didn't do much until later in the season, but that's Juwan Johnson with new Orleans. And I know part of that revolves around what's going to have happen with Taysom Hill. Um, if Taysom Hill sticks around that kind of caps his upside. And I know we all thought Adam Troutman was going to be a thing a couple of years ago that hasn't materialized. Like Juwan Johnson was the guy this year. Um, and and he had some very certain. I mean, he was very consistent towards the end of the season. I know scored a lot of touchdowns. He had like three multi-touchdown games or something this year, uh, which which really boosted his total points on the season. But when you look at it, I mean, he was fifteenth overall and sixteenth in points per game. So it's not like he finished top twelve but had super low points per game. Um, I feel like he's a guy. He's very young. I, he could get. Much more involved in this offense, uh, especially if there's a guy like Derek Carr comes over who we've seen will throw to his tight ends. So I mean, if something like that happens, uh, I think he could be a sneaky good late round target
1: for you. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Is there any team right now harder pr- to predict? For fantasy assets than the Saints, by the way. Like that whole, I don't know anything. Just give me Olave.
0: That's all I want. Give me Chris (laughs) Olave. That's literally it. That's it.
1: We don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to be playing. If he's going to be suspended for next year, we don't know who their quarterback is actually going to be. We don't know if Michael Thomas is coming back. Probably not, but maybe. It's just all bad. So yeah, Chris Olave or Bust. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, anyone else you want to talk about here, Jake? Before we move over to our bold predictions?
1: God no! Let's stop talking about tight ends.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, if you guys want more tight end talk, just shoot us a DM. We'll we'll, we'll get in the conversation with you. you but yeah, let's let's move on to our bold predictions here. Um, so we did one just to recap, one for every position. Um, and Jake, do you want to start or shall I?
1: I'm happy to start because I actually think this first one, it's not it's not as bad as uh, as I thought it might end up a little bit of the way through. I said the trio of Trey Lance, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence would outscore the trio of Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. Here's where I get into trouble. Trey Lance (laughs) did not play at all. Uh, or barely at all this season. I, I can't be held accountable for that, for a man who got injured. That's the trajectory of what I was saying, though, the heart of what I was saying. I actually do think bore out, because we saw Justin Fields finish as quarterback five. Trevor mm. Lawrence was quarterback eight. Meanwhile, the older regime... They fell. Aaron Rodgers ended up doing better than I thought he would, honestly. At quarterback 14, Derek Carr sitting at quarterback 16. I mean, I know he missed a game or two there. Mm -hmm. Um, Dak Prescott, again, missed some games. But in average points per game, the younger guys still did better than the older guys on average. Mm -hmm. I think Trevor, or excuse me, I think Trey Lance would have fit into that Somewhere in the middle of those two groups, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have been at the top where Justin no, Fields was. No, I
0: don't think so either.
1: But I think he would have been very comfortably in the Derek Carr to Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers range.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I think on paper, yeah, that would have worked out for you had Trey Lance actually played the season. So good call on that. I'll give you I'll give you a half point on that one. I'll take it. I'll take it. And, and, and just to go on a bit of a tangent here, did you see the most recent Aaron Rodgers article? No God. news. No, why? Oh, he—he's going on a four-day uh, darkness retreat to to contemplate his future in the NFL and with the Packers. Can I can I ask one question
1: and only one question about
0: it? What the fuck is a darkness retreat? So he's basically going out to the mountains in a cabin by himself for four days. No, like phone, no TV, oh. like no electricity. Okay, It's uh, going off? The and he, and he says, no ayahuasca either. <laughs> sure. Like, you're just going to spend four days in meditation without mind-enhancing drugs. He's give got to say that in case the feds are listening. That's I all. know. I know. That's it's all. just like, give me a break. <laughs> you, you just want to go get high for four days. I don't That's buy the it. most
1: Aaron Rodgers shit, of course. I do you know. ever get the feeling that Aaron Rodgers at this point is just trying to make people want to make fun of him? Because I do. I get the sense that that's what I'd Maybe he's, going
0: maybe he's just trolling all of us yeah. by like acting like a super douche. <laughs> uh, and maybe he's really not, but this is just like the long fucking con. It's like I don't a persona. know. It's like yeah. his,
1: his uh, super villain persona that he's just absorbed. Yeah. On. I don't know.
0: So anyway, uh, that was my little tangent there. But uh, my quarterback, bold prediction. And I feel like I'm going to give myself a half a point on this one as well. You should uh I had Jalen Herzl finish as the number one overall quarterback. He finished as number three in 14 games. So number had he one played
1: points per game, though. So had, I think you get a full one.
0: At, had he played out, um, he would have I feel like he would have been the number one quarterback had he played those last few games of the season.
1: You take so, this proudly. Yeah. Do not do not try to cut this one off at the knees. This is this is not a well, if this, 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 and this happened. No, dude, he was the number one quarterback in points per game and he played fourteen. Take that proudly. I will I will take it
0: then. Uh, if, you're it, if you're giving if you're giving me goals. the uh the gold
1: star, then I will take it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's second to only to or number two on the list, I should say, Patrick Mahomes. Wouldn't you know the two yep. highest scoring fantasy quarterbacks, also pretty good for real life football? Yeah. Weird. Shocker. Shocker! Justin Fields right. should get that memo. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this one like I want to talk about uh, old people having sex. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this, but I have to. It's running backs. And I said Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson will finish within 50 fantasy points of each other. Did you mean 500 fantasy points of each other? Did you forget a zero there? <laughs> I did not. But here's here's what I also want to say. I, I don't get the half point here. I won't pretend that I do. No. Cam Akers 125 fantasy points. He obviously ended up doing better than Daryl Henderson, who had 73 fantasy points. But that's pretty fucking close. Is that 50? I didn't do the math on this actually 100, 125
0: yet. to 75. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 50. Be, is it just 50? Is well, my math well, that bad? Okay. It's, you said you a said hundred. You said 125.
1: Let me get you the to the decimal. 125 and a half. All right. To shit. 70. Oh, 73 and a half. I think it's just outside.
0: Okay. It's 52 points.
1: God damn it. Uh <laughs> the heart of what I was saying, again, I still maintain. Daryl Henderson played 10 games. Cam Akers started off like shit, like garbage. Uh, my whole ideal was like, don't even draft Daryl Henderson, but just both of these guys are probably going to be pretty bad. To start the year, Daryl Henderson was actually okay. He was usable for a couple I, of games.
0: Well, yeah, he was usable and I traded for him and then he proceeded to get yeah. released from the Rams and, you know, still a free agent at this point. So that felt that was great. great.
1: It wasn't great. But I maintain the heart of what I was saying is there. It played out to an extent. But no, I just missed the Mm 50-point cutoff, so boo for that.
0: Well, had he not got cut, he continued up playing on with the Rams, it would have easily been within
1: 50 points, easily. I think so. I think so. So I will take that. What was your running back bold prediction?
0: My running back was that Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne would finish as top five running backs. Now, I totally missed on this one. I'll admit, this one was not close. We had Aaron Jones finishing as RB8, so close. But we know this was a tale of the season where it was extremely frustrating to be Aaron Jones, uh, manager, yep. because Lafleur decided not to use him in in stretches of games or total games, and the fact that he finishes RB eight is very telling. Wild. I didn't, you know, um, and etn finishes RB eighteen, um, flash definitely flash this year. Maybe part of that was. Uh first year coming back from, from a major injury that he suffered last year. So maybe they didn't use him as much as they had thought. But when James Robinson got traded, I was like, oh, wheels up. This is great. No, he, he just, nah. So I don't know what happened there. Um, So yeah, total miss on my part there. I, I expected more out of both those players.
1: I think it actually ended up closer than I thought it was for the Aaron Jones portion of it yeah um, absolutely you know so that was and, and you know yeah travis did pick up at the end of the season like i think it was from week 12 on or something that he ended up being you know like the tits kind of um although i think he still had some disappointing games in there mm-hmm. as well now that i think about it never mind dustin yeah. never mind All um right. hit us with your next one this one is brutal I said, T. Higgins will outscore Jamar Chase in more week-to-week matchups. That did not pan out. Uh, I I don't have the full numbers on this. I'll pull back the cart a little bit. You did a switcheroo on us. I didn't know that we were talking about predictions tonight. uh, I know. Initially. But that's okay. It's fine. Here's what I will say. T. Higgins uh, was great when he was on the field. And they let him play. There were mm-hmm. several games this where he played very few snaps, very frustratingly so. We didn't know that he was going to play very few snaps. Like, there was a game in Week 17 for your championship where he got a single target, Oof. and that was it. And he played, like, 1% of the snaps. There was a game a few weeks earlier in Week 14 against Cleveland. He played... 1% of the snaps. It was super frustrating cuz you didn't know if you were getting a healthy T Higgins. Mm-hmm. It's like the old Julio Jones thing. There's yep. always, well, you got to watch the pregame to see what he looks like out there in warmups cuz otherwise, we have no fucking idea. There was only four top 10 finishes for T Higgins though this year. That was not the case for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase uh, was Jamar Chase, man. He he fucking crushed it. He had, mm-hmm. let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Actually, he only had five top tens, but he did have a lot more of those like fringe top ten, top 20 kind of weeks uh, where you felt a lot more comfortable with him, uh, even though he missed a good chunk of the season himself. He missed mm-hmm. uh, five weeks, I think it was. So... Going forward, I still love T. Higgins. Oh, as you should. Going all in on him in Dynasty, there's the idea that he's going to get traded or cut. You know, Mm -hmm. the the Bengals cannot absorb the contract that he wants for Mm -hmm. next year. There's so many landing spots where he would become the de facto target hawk. I
0: think pretty much anywhere he would go, he would instantly become the number one wide receiver. Unless you were to plop him on a team with like Justin Jefferson. Right. You know, you know, a similar situation to what he's got here. I mean, I think I mean, just totally playing just out there landing spots. Say like he landed on like Dallas. I think he would be the number one over C.D. Lamb there. Literally I literally just I thinking really about
1: C.D. Lamb for this purpose. And like, I think it would be extremely close, uh, but it's not going to be as close as. Higgins to Jamar Jefferson like that is a step down right no, no disrespect to CeeDee Lamb but that's a step down from Jamar mm-hmm. Chase absolutely so uh I I agree with you there if he if he goes to someplace like the Giants I'm going to be a little bit bummed but I'm going to I think be okay with it overall because like he the is fantasy going production to production should be there yeah so many absolutely. targets should be there so I missed on this but uh I still am okay with the intent mm-hmm. how do you feel about your wide receiver
0: one Hey, this is another WF for me. So this one was the, the Jaguars wide receiver core will outscore the Broncos wide receiver core. Don't and even you look at the stats. I say you don't. I I mean I did just to make sure it actually panned out. But um yeah, I'll just say it. So wide receiver cores, Jacksonville was 633.2 and Denver was 494.9. Obviously, a yeah to patrick that got hurt the whole broncos offense was just a fucking dumpster fire this year with hackett there uh we should see things improve next year under sean payton uh a better offensive mind better scheme uh hopefully someone that can you know lift up russell wilson and kind of all all facets of the offense here because they have a really good defense um so, yeah, I expect better things out of out of Denver. I expect uh, Jacksonville to do even better than they did this year. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm a stand now for Jacksonville. Uh, but, yeah, that's a big W for me.
1: That's huge. That's a huge one. And if there's a theme of 2022 for us, it's Jacksonville is great. Uh, yeah. Eat it, everyone, and enjoy <laughs> this going forward. So I, I love that. <laughs> I'm glad that you got to relish that one more time. I'll be very curious to see what happens with the Broncos wide receiving core. Speaking of that coaching change with Sean Payton being there, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That'll be interesting if they can get it back together. uh, Maybe you can send out a lowball offer for Cortland Sutton still, maybe. And and I might try. Jerry Judy, I I don't think you can. I think his um, value is what it is.
0: Maybe, but it's not like he had an outstanding season this year when he was like, I mean, I know Cortland Sutton was hell. I I don't know. I feel like every, except for like Javante Williams, I feel like every other piece on that offense is just depressed in value because of how bad they were this year. And right now is not the time to try, try to trade for any of those pieces with that Sean Payton bump. Right. But, I mean, give it, like, a month or so when things kind of die down. People are looking forward to, like, free agency and and the rookie drafts and everything. Yeah, Cortland Sutton definitely will be a value. I think you could probably get Jerry Judy at a bit of a discount as well.
1: Well, I will try. I will wait that month. I will wait until uh, the the rookie drafts come about and see if I can make some moves there because I'm interested. I'll go back to the well. We'll see. Payton mm-hmm. already said that uh, all of Russ's personal coaches got to go. They can't be in the building, so I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tight ends, let's do it. Let's finish this damn thing with tight ends. Hey, we're hey, we're bringing it. We're br-
0: We're bringing it full circle here. We started with our tight end recap. <laughs> we're going to end with tight ends. It's 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 a perfect circle.
1: Oh, uh, we were both on the same track uh, with this. And I, I said, no tight ends will finish inside the top 20 overall skill position players. This was excluding mm-hmm. quarterbacks. I just said, of all the position players, none of them are in the top 20. So don't draft one early, you fools. Wait like me and draft one in the, in the super late rounds. What an idiot. Who allows me to say things like that? Because Travis Kelsey, with quarterbacks included, was the 12th overall fantasy score with quarterbacks included if you take them out he was the one two three four five six seven eight overall score on the year he was the only one uh no tight end came close to getting into it otherwise so i'm gonna pretend that i get a quarter of a point but i don't <laughs> that's a, atrocious no All i'm right.
0: sorry you don't get it and i get like <laughs> negative like <laughs> a million points for, for this take. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, I My mind was Travis Kelsey will have less than a 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. The whole reasoning was, hey, they've got a bunch of these wide receivers that came in. Uh, Tyreek Hill is gone, who was the other focal point of this offense. They're going to spread it around more. You know, They're going to get um, CEH more involved. You know, the Jerick McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. You know, they're going to get their running backs involved in the passing game. So they're just going to be more of a spread offense instead of focusing on Kelsey and Hill. Wrong. In fact, it went more to Kelsey, and everyone else was just role players, rather than the other way around. So, yeah, he had 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, just a fucking stud. Period. The the and I... And as we said early in the episode, I will bring it back again. Draft Travis Kelsey early, and he's just going to continue to produce until he doesn't. And he's going to die in your roster, and that's okay. And I would be willing to take that chance on him, uh, come redraft for the next few years until we just don't see it anymore. Like, I w- I would have no problems drafting him early. Like, I know you said you're going to next year. Yeah. Uh, but
1: until we don't see it anymore, there's no reason not to draft him early there's an argument to be made that he's a top 2 draft pick next year and i will probably make it later in this offseason but not now oh, not i now. hope i hope you
0: have the number 2 pick in our redraft league next year just so i can be like <laughs> oh kelsey it's on the on the board let's let's just put it on there right now
1: i'll be a man of my word you know that <laughs> the year prior when i said he was like a top 6 top 7 or whatever i did it damn it and it I didn't know. work out as well as it did this year and so it all comes around. But that's
0: you fine. can't you can't fault him for having one perceived down year where he's not scoring so quite as high as other
1: wide receivers in know, the league. I know, but I did. <laughs> do we dare? By the way, I know we're running a little bit here up against it. Do we dare sneak in anything for like a uh, best ball DFS underdog um, thing? If
0: you think? want. Otherwise, if you just want to do one last beer bet for the season. Uh, now you talk my language. Pay off in a couple weeks because, you know, I know you're that's not going to be one. here next week. True. So we'll have to uh, pay that off when you return. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, if you just want to do one, I'll let you pick this let's one. Do it. Oh,
1: you just want like, the I, first pick out of this. I,
0: I feel you. like, no, I feel like I I was the last one that did our, our beer bet here. Um, you probably are right.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, we did. We did.
0: Let's see. We did the wide receiver room versus wide receiver room. Philadelphia San Francisco was our last one.
1: That's right. That's and right. I think I think that was mine. I think God. I think you're I think you're right. All right. There's only one bet that I actually want to do for this. I don't want to fuck around. Okay. I don't want to make this ridiculous. I want Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Total fantasy points. Fantasy points. Yeah. Which is actually hard to track, by the way. Super Bowl, they don't do great tracking a lot of these fantasy apps. So we'll have to figure out a way to uh, uh, track that down, I suppose. Um, Give me Hertz. Hertz it is. All right. Hertz v. Mahomes. I I feel like we'll
0: be able to pull that up off of like uh, Underdog or something. Because they usually have their uh, fantasy points. Uh, That's true um games that's true comes. so we should be able to look on there or maybe I'll do one of those with the five fantasy points instead of like yards or something just so it's, sure. it's I have launt.
1: it I have it logged there. Uh um, ready to rock use as a reference. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well yes I will be gone next week on vacation in in Mexico. God that's gonna be uh, great. I am so jealous. Cannot wait for that warm weather. But the week after, we'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I will be here for sure next week regardless um talking wide receivers whether it's a solo show or I find someone to attempt to fill Jake's spots. I mean, no no one's Jake out there. So, uh Don't we'll you. we'll see if we can try to get like 3 quarters of Jake, but um at a minimum Somebody less than me. Jake.
1: band name reference Boom. Nice. Nailed it. Uh,
0: So, yeah. So, yeah. We'll be back for sure, but then Jake will be returning with us in a couple weeks. Enjoy this last week of football that we have. Sit down and watch all the pregame stuff that starts at, like, 11 in the morning for the Super Bowl, all the, like, road to the Super Bowl stuff. Uh, Because this is the last of football we get until free agency starts in a month. But even that kind of dies off pretty quickly. Until the draft, that's very short lived. So we're we're getting into the black hole here of of the non-point scoring season. So enjoy this while you can. It's the last real football for till August. So en- enjoy it while you can, folks. And until next week, keep drinking and talking
1: fantasy football. Cheers, Zephyrs.